Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to talk about the importance of not forsaking coming together at church. The devil wants to isolate us where he can mess with our minds and keep our gifts from being exercised and celebrating Christ in a public way. Man, we are loaded like we're loaded for bear today. We're loaded for bear. You know, one of the things is that I'm seeing, and, and of course, it's interesting because uh, Jesus told us in the end days or in the end times or when it's close to the to the rapture, if you will, because it's not the end of the world. Like people are like, oh, it's all going to end. No. If Christ came today, we got a thousand seven years minimum. Yep. It's not the end of the world, end of the age. The end of the age. And he said that there's going to be a great falling away. Mm-hmm. So as we're as we're looking and watching, and I'm seeing people leave the church and not coming back, COVID has been a great excuse yeah. for people to live in fear and not come back to church. Yeah, and uh, it, the the joy they once knew and uh, the relationships that they had uh, were it was no fault of their own. They just they locked down like we all did. But then uh, I think perhaps fear gripped their, their hearts a little bit more. And, I, you know, I when I was locked down, I just came to the point where I'd rather just die and go to heaven right. than live this way. Right. And uh, I do know a lot of people that are, are not in church. They, they, they say they love the church and they're great people and they were one, and, but they're just not back. So, you know? it, okay, here, this begs the question. It really does. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why are you not coming back to church? You love God. We have a verse, which I've shared with my church, why we're not going to quit meeting because Hebrews 10, 25, which is our, our scripture today, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, more mm-hmm. as you see the day, the, the coming of Christ, uh, um, approaching. Don't you think we could interpret that as God saying, you're going to need church more than ever as the time draws near. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what it means. And yet we're watching people sacrifice the very thing that God says you better hold the tightest to. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 sad and I I had not really thought of the the covid results this way, but that scripture is right there. Uh, there would be a falling away in the last days and we have seen our church attendance drop uh, and there are people who still support the church. Right. They're great people, but maybe they just got out of the habit of it and they're, they're tuning in. I'm, I'm sure they're tuning in visually and, you know, watching the services and there's continue to learn. But I remember those uh, eight weeks, our church was shut down. Uh, we, we went virtual and uh, I mean, it was nice to hear uh, Pastor Matt speak, and it was good stuff. It was in time of learning, but it ain't it like is, going to church. It's not the same. And you don't get any hugs, and you know, don't have opportunity to harass anybody. You know, right? It, it's yeah, it's a bad deal. Well, hey, welcome to According to John. I'm your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister, and today we're going to talk about the importance of being in church, and how valuable it is, what the scriptures say about it, and why you should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Hey, brother, if you open us in a word of prayer, we'll get started. Yes. Oh, Lord, we pray that our time behind the microphone today through this podcast will be a blessing, encouragement, 
and a challenge and a time of learning for those who listen. And thank you for our listeners. Pray your blessings on them and upon us as we speak. Uh, may we be your instruments, uh, your voice uh, in a dark day. Help us to bring light in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So <clears throat> as we look at this, and we're going to see, you know, you were talking about isolation. And I look at all the ways people are being isolated right now uh, at work, stay at home, right? Work, work from the computer, work from home. Um, kids stay home. Kids stay home. My grandchildren in their bedrooms with a, in front of a computer and uh, driving them crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, we also have seen an uptick in suicides yeah. because they have to stay home in kids as well as adults. Yeah. Uh, we are watching people becoming less and less capable of functioning in society with other people. Yeah, more uh, dependent upon alcohol than ever, more dependent upon prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about criminal drug use. We're just talking about, I'm, I'm a mess. I need right. help. I'm nervous. Right. I can't sleep. I, and I need help. And they're, they're getting it in the form of medication, which really only masks the problem. Right. And uh, many well, times and, it makes and, things worse. And here's the thing. if you, Now, if you need counseling, you do it through email, back and forth through email. Um, it's just like there's a whole world that is moving toward the isolation. Yeah. And, and I'm, I see it in the church as well. Everyone wants to go live stream. Everyone wants to sit at home and watch it on their TV if they have time or they don't. And when they want to watch it. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So they want to do it when they want to watch it. And then, uh, it's, I don't know, man. I think it's a switching from building our lives around Christ and his church, uh, from that to just kind of fitting God in somewhere. Yeah. And. That, that, and that's the problem. People are just trying to fit God in rather than yeah. being godly and fitting in with Christ. They want Christ to fit in with them, and that's not how God works. COVID forced me for the first time ever to, <laughs> well, there wasn't forsaking the assembly. There just wasn't an assembly to attend for a short while, and uh, it was it was very, very hard. I used to watch uh, during those eight or eight weeks or so, I'd watch three or four uh, services, uh, friends from all around the country watch their, their podcast or their, their programs on TV. And I loved it and I learned, but it's I need people. The same. You know, Man, I, I get, people. I get a lot of people when they come to church and I give them hugs, you know, and they're like, pastor, you give the best meaningful hugs. I needed yeah. it. And, and the widows, yeah, a lot of the widows are, they'll say, pastor, you're the only person that gives me a hug. Yeah. And they so need it. It is so desperately needed. Um, we need one another. The Christian life is not meant to be lived in isolation. We learned this from Hebrews ten twenty four. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And then 25 goes on, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, like as we see the world falling apart, we're to come together even more. Yeah. And people are doing the opposite. Yes. And, and that's, that's going to, there's, there's going to be a heavy price to pay for the church and for the individual that sacrifices what God's called us to do. Yeah, stand together or fall alone. Think about that, right? If we, listen, if we hope to grow spiritually and endure for the long haul, we need one another. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, writers of Hebrew, uh, the writer of Hebrews, Paul. <laughs> oh, and and was, do you know why I think it's Paul? 
I, because Paul is a sports fanatic, and in all of his writings, he adds in something about sports. Sports and Hebrews is no different. Yeah, we wrestle not right different things yeah it's just so uh, and he he spoke affectionately of the same people in hebrews that he spoke of in the epistles right so right. i'm going with paul yeah so it, it could be paul we don't know but that's just our our thoughts on it right but the writer of hebrews he observed that christians were throwing away their trust in the lord because listen you you can't all right there's a guy that used to come to church uh, him and his wife and they quit coming to church when COVID hit. And I called him. I keep in touch with him. And I called in uh, a few months ago. And I'm noticing, and I even I even told him, I'm like, dude, your language is like the world again. I mean, you, you stayed out so long that you forgot what it is to be Christ-like. And now you sound like the world. Yeah. And I just want you to know that breaks my heart. Yeah. They, they just didn't get it. You know, yeah, when you're when you're in the world's crowd, that's all the, the people you're interacting with. They they rub off. Absolutely. I, I tell people all the time uh, when you go in to the barn, the cows don't come out smelling like you. <laughs> this is true. Right. I, I have a little farming experience, Johnny. That's that's very good. Proud of you, so. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to come out right. of your mouth. <laughs> he, I thought you'd appreciate that being the yeah, farmer, right? Biker dude, I'm expecting things. that That's good, John. You get a point for that. I'm in. <laughs> you know, uh, this Hebrews uh, text that was written to the, uh, the early Christians, the Jews who were saved, they got persecuted, and their persecution forced them to scatter. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're discouraged. Uh, their, their walk with Christ had now cost them dearly. Right. And they're, they're not in that mother church back in Jerusalem where they were getting persecuted, but there was also great fellowship. You know, I think it'd be kind of fun to hang out with John, the yeah. apostle, you know, right. so they, they had given up a lot, you know, yeah. and they're, they're out and they got these little baby churches springing up out there. And, and the Gentiles think they're total idiots. You know, that you worship a God, you can't even see, you only got one, you can't even see him. We got a thousand, we can see him. And, and well, were, and not only that, but look at you. You guys are dispersed. You lost your family, your homes, yeah. everything else. And, and so we serve our gods. Look at all we got. You yeah, serve your gods. got everything. You got nothing. You got nothing. And so the people are discouraged, and they're under right. pressure, and they've been forced to scatter. And, you know, it's kind of, I hadn't thought of it till now, but it's, this is exactly what COVID has done with exactly us. Exactly where we're without, at. Without making us move to another land, but we're isolated yeah. right here in our own land. And then then uh, the, the COVID uh, division, masks and no masks, vax and no masks, uh, vax, and uh, the pressure that is coming upon uh, people, where do you stand on this? And if you don't go with the mainstream narrative, you oh are a domestic terrorist now. That's well, a new you, one. You do realize that Christians now are, they are on the terrorist list. We are, yeah. And uh, Satan is very clever. Homeland Security, Homeland Security has us on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also has religious holidays on the list as terrorists yes and potential terrorist uh, times oh my goodness so so hebrews satan is tightening his grip or what I, I, man it's coming and it's coming strong hebrews ten thirty five says this <clears throat> therefore do not cast away your confidence being confidence in christ which has great reward 36 for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of god you may receive the promise and 
37 goes on, 37 and 38, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Listen, God does not take pleasure in Christians drawing back. Mm -hmm. And the writer of Hebrews is making it very clear that, listen, don't cast away your confidence in Christ. Don't become a weak Christian, because if you do... God has no pleasure in you. Yeah. I mean, that that's strong, but that's the reality. That's what he said. That's, that's, <laughs> and that's like, love oh, that's speaking. It. That's yeah. love speaking. You know, right, I, right. I remember uh, the early days uh, uh, of meeting Joellen and uh, being in love with her and being away from her, finishing up my final year in Bible college. I mean, I couldn't wait to write that five or six page letter. And it was nonsense. You know, I had corn for lunch, you know, it wasn't as good as, you know, and it, you know, just like I just was focused on her and couldn't wait to counting down the days and the hours and to go when I would see her next. And that's what God wants right. us to be right. like with him to wake up in the morning and can't wait to get into the scriptures and let him speak to us and, and worship him and right. praise him and, and be filled with the spirit. And now we're ready to go out and face a world. And when we're isolated and uh, we're not hot, uh, in our in our walk and in our faith and our passion, uh, we become a real target for the enemy. Well, and here's the reality: if you're not if you're not in pursuit, you're running away. It, it's one or the other. He sort of said, "If you're not for me, what you're against me." Yeah, yeah. And so, and and people have to realize this. And you're like, "Well, I don't have to go to church to love God." You're right, but hey, how about this? Um, you don't have to go home to be married. <laughs> See how that'll work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And so, uh, listen, persecution, hardship, uh, may have led people to, to, uh, give up meeting together. And that's why the writer of Hebrews wrote this, but he's also saying, listen, man, don't forsake it because if you do, God is not going to be pleased with you. And so what's the solution? Well, the solution was to start meeting again. Listen, let's come together. Let's meet. Regular, real-day, life-to-life fellowship with other Christians is absolutely essential. If you sacrifice that, it will not be long before you sacrifice your walk with Christ. Yeah. It will not. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it will. Uh, you will grow weak. You will not persevere. The world will start taking over. Fear will start coming in. Um, anxiety will start taking over, like all this stuff. Your health will start going down, and you go, just because I don't go to church? Yeah, because if you're not going to church, you're not learning, you're not growing, you're not getting plugged in, and don't tell me that you're going to walk close to Jesus if you don't want to be around the people yeah. of Jesus. The Bible talks about being renewed daily, and uh, that's a private thing, but, boy, there's a renewing publicly, too. Uh, you know, uh, Elijah, Elijah was, after the victory on Mount Carmel and the death of all those evil prophets of Baal, Jezebel came after him and he was weakened and he, he kind of lost faith there for a little bit. And he took off hiding under a juniper <laughs> tree, having a pity party. Thank God. I'm the only one that hasn't, if it, that loves God. And, uh, and, and God said, shut up, dude. There's still 7,000 haven't bowed their knee to Baal. You just yeah. been all out here by yourself. You don't even know who these people are. Think about that. Yeah. God told him... Dude, there's 7,000 more that are serving me. Get out from the desert and go back in and meet them, and you'll be encouraged, built up, lifted up, and you'll do what I've asked you to do. You know, I've studied, I just read that about two days ago, and uh, God just let him 
pout. Yeah. Go out, get some sleep. Did you hear that, Johnny? Get some sleep. <laughs> I need sleep. <laughs> and um, and he gave him some food miraculously. Let him sleep again. Give him some more food. And God never even addressed the issue except there's seven thousand. And he just said, I, "You ready to go back to work, dude?" Right. Yeah. And then he just gave him a list of things to do. You got to ordain a couple of new kings up in, you know, in all this business and a new prophet, Elisha, to take his place, which was his, it was an extreme joy to Elijah's heart to well, pass well, him on to such a great, another great prophet. Well, and here's the thing. He was restored because he spent time with God and then he got out there with God's business. And he obeyed. And he obeyed. Yeah. And, and then that's, the wind came back in his sail, the skip in his step, the twinkle in his eye, and it's a game on again. Right. And that's what God wants for for folks that are have been to kind of pushed back, you know, game on again. Just, you know, put the pedal to the metal, get your get your butt in church and, and Well, get well because here's the thing. If if we give up meeting together, how can we encourage others and how can others encourage us? Mm-hmm. We're we're alone. We are under the we're under the tree, sucking wind, moaning and crying, woe is me. Yeah, and you don't know the value of church, uh, I think, until you're away from it a little bit. You know, I, I know my wife has very seldom been away over the years, but she uh, did some uh, studies for sign language and had to go to a conference for like a week in Rochester. That's a long week for me. Right. <laughs> it was terrible. I was, I'm really bad at being alone. I, right. I'm kind of a wimp, Johnny. That is so funny. Don't tell anybody. I won't tell us all. Okay. <laughs> I can trust you. I know. That's right. <laughs> trust me. I'm not. Nobody. Nobody will hear it from me. Nope. <laughs> if they hear it, it's from you, brother. <laughs> but I'll tell you, when she came back, I was like a little puppy. Hi, welcome back. Can I get you anything? <laughs> that's that's so how I am funny. with church, man. I yeah. I love these people. They're my life. Yeah, yeah we went. Uh, Sherry and I went on a, a trip to well, on the motorcycle trip. We went out to Colorado. And then that little 10,000 mile trip. Yeah. Right. And then we get back and I told her, I go, man, it's going to feel so good to get back and love on our people and have our people love on us. Well, they were loving on me a little bit while you were gone, John, and it was nice. Dude, I got a, I've got a great group of people. You do. You do. Man, they are so cool. I'm kind of part of it a little bit. You are. You are. And they love you, right? I haven't figured out why, but they (laughs) love you. (laughs) Early believers were devoted to meeting daily. And that's something that, that if we're going to take from them, uh, we need to understand Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers, right? They continued steadfastly. Acts 2.46. So continuing daily Daily. with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. 47 goes on, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. If you notice, everybody in here is growing and God shows up. I would put it this way, summarizing those verses, paraphrasing, these are the people in my life. You know, we go to seniors Bible study that I teach at our church and we get hanging out with somebody a little bit on the way. It's like, hey, you free? Let's go for lunch. Mm -hmm. Then we go out for lunch. We have a fabulous time. And, you know, before I was retired, I finally accepted the R word. (laughs) But I have time now that I didn't used to have. And we're just connecting with people. And it's so neat because God has given me, uh, every year I get a bunch of gift certificates to restaurants. I'd do something for somebody, renewing of a vows or just doing something for somebody, a funeral. And they give me these cards. And so we take people out. We just kind of spontaneous. And we connect deeply in our hearts. 
and it's fun. It strengthens us. It strengthens them. And Satan hates that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to be strong. He wants right. us to be weak. He wants us to just be bombarded by the world and tear us down and feel like we're the only ones left. And you get together with other believers, and it's a buildup. Well, it is. Uh, Acts 2.44. Now all who believed were together, right, and had all things in common. Man, what sure. brings us together than that when that we can relate to Mm -hmm. and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord. And so listen, they were together, they came together, they took care of one another and they kept up with one another and they were strengthened and power one, one another. And it's over and over again. You know, here's a little dimension to that when that's happening, the world is watching this church. The world's mm-hmm. watching us. That's right. And uh, they're seeing those guys got something. That they okay, they're crazy. They're you know, <laughs> they're domestic terrorists. They're, mm-hmm. they're they're deplorable. They they got a weird worldview and yeah. And, and uh, they you know, have all the problem. All these things that they they've been told about us, and then they watch us say, "Well, they're really nice people." Right. They give you the shirt off their back. They, they love one another. And Jesus smiles. He says, by this shall all men, the world watches us, but by this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you love one another. Love one another. And that's the, that is the key. We have to love one another. I have, a, uh, I have someone in the church, and they were hit and miss, you know. Um, love me, no question about that, but they were hit and miss. And then some hard times came into their life. And who do you think was the first one that they called? Mm-hmm. And who do you think they call continuously? Mm-hmm. Yep. And Somebody they know loves them unconditionally. Right. And you know what started happening? All of a sudden, now they're faithful, not just to Sunday morning, but now they're faithful mm-hmm. to what we have to offer as a church because it is strengthening them and their family. Yeah, they went from being perimeter people to nucleus. Yes. People. Yeah, and and they're strengthened and encouraged and uh, plugged in now and now stepping up to make a difference to helping someone else's yeah. life. If I'm not mistaken, the DNA is in the nucleus of, of, of a cell. And uh, when you're in the perimeter, there's no capability of reproduction. And I remember going to church that first year. I, I got in the nucleus immediately, and I brought like 78 visitors to church my first year. I was so happy. I brought more people than anybody in our, our church. And then the second year, I think I brought 10 because right. <laughs> I wore them out. <laughs> okay, we went. Get, get, we got Duke off our back. But uh, being in the nucleus is where the, you know, that's where the action is. Well, that's, that's where, where the riches is. are. Listen, yeah. you know what? Where's the gold, man? It's in the nucleus of the earth. It's in the core of the earth. And when you get in the mix in the middle of everything, that's where the riches are. Yeah. And the enemy just doesn't want you to get there. No, because you're not living in defeat when you're there. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no one to hang on to. You're all alone. And when you're all alone, you disconnect. And when you disconnect, what are you going to do? You're going to serve him. I remember my... It's, it's, it's just, it's repetitive. And I don't understand why people... I don't understand why people sacrifice that which they know makes them the healthiest and hold on to that which they know is killing themselves. I don't I don't get it, Dan. Yeah, in the dietary world, in the mental world, in the spiritual yeah. world, it's the same principles all across, isn't it? Yeah, you know, at, at some point, so 
uh, I was I was starting to have some health issues, and I told Sherry, like, this doesn't make sense. Something's going on. So the first thing I started doing was looking at my diet and taking out everything that I knew wasn't good for me, which was sugar. <laughs> I love sugar. And yeah, but you know that. So all of a sudden, I there was abilities that I was losing. And I, and I thought, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm 54 years old now, or I will be this year, a couple months. And I'm, well, you know, you're getting older. That's what the, they would, and doctors would say, you're getting older, you need to do this. And I'm going, I'm not taking medicine. So I started looking at my diet. I started taking things out of my diet that I knew was not good for me. And all of a sudden, my body started responding by doing things, again, that I couldn't do before, or, or that I used to do, but then for some reason couldn't do them. I adjusted my my diet, boom, I'm back on track. If people will take the time to understand, hey, when I was going to church, I was the happiest. When I was around other believers, man, I was the strongest. When I was doing that which I knew was good and was acceptable and pleasing to the Lord, I was my healthiest. Well, get back to it. Yeah. Quit sacrificing it. And And here's the other thing. Now I'm on my soapbox. Forgive me. I know I'm off my notes. But here's the other thing. Quit assuming what other people are thinking. Because nine times out of ten, if you show up, people are going to love on you, and they're going to be so glad you're back, and they don't they're not care where you came questions. from. They don't care where you yeah, came from. Welcome back. We had that Sunday. We we were in church. It's the first time I'd been at, at my home church in a while because I've been preaching here, there, and everywhere. And so it was so good to be back. Uh, and uh, there was a couple that... Uh, he had surgery and various things and COVID and I, I saw him once and so we hadn't seen, we, we're friends with these people. We hadn't seen him in a year and a half. We got talking after church, we went out, bought him dinner and we had a day and they, what you just said, they said to me, you know, we just got out of, out of touch right. and they just feel like, ah, oh, today we felt like we took a shower Oh, it's so good to just hang out with you and Joellen. And right. we just talked about our families and we talked about, you know, what's going on in the world and, and our views on, on, on things that are going on in the COVID world. And, you know, are we going to be able to travel? It's going to be a more lockdowns here in the Soviet Republic of New York. We just... So the Republic of New York. <laughs> you okay, John? Dude, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. And we got rid of our governor only to get one that's worse. Yeah, I went to I went to America for three months last winter down to Florida. That's I was awesome. in America for a while, and then I came back to, came so back to the communist uh, state right. of New York. <laughs> but you know what? You can't bear one another's burdens at a distance. No. When no. you interact, that happens. And they sat there, and they, they were just like, and we, you know, normally go out for 90 minutes. Then we went out for dessert afterwards, right. another little little Italian pastry shop in Clifton Park. I didn't. It's been there for like two years. I didn't even know it. I feel terrible. I feel good now. <laughs> now you know. We went out had coffee. We had pastries. We didn't get home right. till like 3.30. Right. Went to church at 10, got home at 3.30. It was a great day. And then this dear couple, was like, they hugged us and like, wow, we're back. Well, and, you know, that's the thing. Coming together to care for one another, we would see was the prevailing attitude uh, of the early churches. And that's what you guys did. You came together and you cared for one another. You loved on one another. First Peter 1 Peter 1.22 says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, insincere love of the brethren. So when 
as you read this, you see that you obeyed the truth by loving one another. That's the truth that he's referencing, right? And then he says, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And I love the next passage that says, because, right? So in verse 24 starts out with, he, he says 22, 23, doing all this in love. And then 24, he says, because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is a flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Guys, what you think you're holding on that's good or that's going to last, if, it's, if it is not attached to the word of God and the people of God, it's only temporary at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At best, it's only temporary. Why are you throwing away all the glory that God would have you and the fullness that God wants to give you for what withers and fades away? I think a good illustration of the importance of assembling together the church, not the building, the assembly of people. Uh, I've seen it illustrated uh, last 20 years or so. A lot of Americans, because of abortion, uh, there's not a lot of babies to adopt. And we had a lot of close friends that wanted babies, couldn't have babies or wanted to bring in a child and just give it a good life. And so many children were being adopted from uh, Eastern European uh, orphanages where the children did not get affection. Right. And there's actually a syndrome, I forget, detachment something syndrome. I'm probably not saying the right That's medical real. world. Oh, it's really real. And we had some of the finest uh, committed Christian couples that I know that wanted uh, to have a child and they, they went and they, they were able to secure a child at an exorbitant uh, price, how people will exploit children needing parents and make, you know, chart unbelievable. $50,000 goes into hand, uh, pockets of, of evil people. It's all about it. money. Uh, just so, but they got the babies and some of these babies that if they get them right away, it's uh, like, you know, it's just like a normal child. But a lot of these kids were like 18 months, two years old, and they really never got held and cuddled. And these, they're just sitting, you know, in their own excrement and dirty diapers in, in these little cribs and not getting attention. And when these babies came in, they were they were damaged, really. Yeah, because, dude, damaged. It, it takes so long to get them through that. You know, they, they did a survey one time where they took uh, a dozen people and these people, uh, there was no affection. Right. They just were kind of by themselves and they monitored them. And then they took a dozen people and every day those dozen people came together, talked with one another and they had to hug every day. They can when they sit, when they, when they greeted one another, it was with a hug and, and show affection toward one another. What they found was that the people who were isolated were sick constantly. Yeah. They were depressed and they were mentally they couldn't focus. They could. They they struggled to put things together. The group that was socializing and hugging that 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 physical contact, um, two out of the twelve got sick in the whole thing. They, they ended up getting a cold. The other ten never got anything. Their spirit was bright. Their energy was over the top, and they were more creative, and they were more outgoing, and it was just like night and day, man. Yeah, we would, need each other. It's the same thing with these little these little children that were getting no affection, no no not 
being nurtured, they failed to thrive physically. They didn't grow very well. They were thin, not much appetite. And then when they were brought into the loving arms of people, they didn't know what to do. They were uncomfortable and they wanted to pull back. And uh, I've just seen where people have adopted babies right up and they didn't have that gap with no attention babies are normal and and grow but it's so sad to see this and then i think satan uses the isolation through covid like i've never seen before oh my christians to isolate and and then to really mess up with people's minds and then just kind of change their thinking the world starts creeping back in and as, as you said a moment ago and and God just says, stop. I love you, man. I got a family for you. Uh, you know, kids can grow up in orphanages, but a family's a whole lot yeah. better. God made people to need people. First Thessalonians 4, 9. But concerning brotherly love, that's that Christian love, right? Mm-hmm. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. God teaches us through his word and through the coming together that we're to love one another. You know, John, it's interesting. I I don't think God would even have to tell us to do that. It just naturally it's natural. happens. And it just it just happens. But he was he was sure to to mention that he mentioned it many times as you're bringing out but it if in a natural it, it just it ha- naturally happens. Well, and here's the thing to that point is uh we don't sacrifice meeting together because when we meet together we form a family because we are a family who are brothers and sisters in Christ. And Ephesians 2.19 says, Now, therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. First Timothy 3.15. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God and the pillar and the ground of truth. Galatians 6.10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Preferring one another. We form families. We, as members of uh, of God's household, uh, believers show love for one another. And what does that look like? Uh, Hospitality, tenderness, compassion, humility getting involved in one another's life, not on a nosy level, but on a compassionate, loving, helping level. Our life functionality does not come together by isolation. It comes together in the church because God gives spiritual gifts uh, to each member of the church in particular, you know, and he uses the human body. You know, my, my hands do things that uh, my liver can't do. Absolutely. But my hands need my liver and my (laughs) liver needs my hands. And Bible says fitly joined together. And when you're in isolation, you're not fitly joined with anything. And you can say, well, I don't need, I don't need the church to, uh, to be saved. Uh, There's a, technically there's a theological foundation that that could be true, but it's like, missing it. I mean, if you have opportunity to eat ice cream, why wouldn't you want to eat some ice cream? (laughs) Why wouldn't you want to have a great meal? Why wouldn't you want to have a team? You know, I, I, I know, man, I don't get it. Joined man, join in Philippians two, one through three. Therefore, because of what I said in chapter one, anytime you see a therefore, you go back and find out what it's there for, but for sake of time, we won't read it. Therefore, 
if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Verse 3 goes on. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4, I'm going to add in here, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Fitly join. We have to be that. And when you become members of God's household, this is what starts to happen. And I, I will tell you, this is what the church is missing today, to be quite honest, and society is craving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that's was, why they create, that's why I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's why they keep creating virtual worlds mm-hmm. and putting all of this in a virtual world, wishing it was real. Yeah. It's just not the same. <sighs> I was able to teach some uh, Bible studies down at the state capitol in New York with a, a, an organization called New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, and they have both sides of the aisle come to this Bible study. And from upstate, downstate, you know, red and yellow, black and white. And uh, these are people who love Jesus. Uh, and we come together for a Bible study. And they, they, they can't wait to come. And they don't want to leave because they are being edified, built up, accepted for who they are, where they're able to lay kind of politics aside for a little while yeah. and just get loved and get built up. And then they go out and face all the crap. Well, did you see the interview with Matt Damon? I did not. So Matt Damon, this was just uh, a few weeks ago, a week or two ago, whatever it was. So he's doing this this movie on oil rigging. And in order to really capture the uh, person that he's portraying, because based on a true story, he went to Oklahoma and joined these families. And he spent a few weeks out there or a month or something mm-hmm. like that with them. And he said it was absolutely amazing First off, it's a community like he'd never experienced. The oil people. Yeah. And then he said they would invite us to these barbecues. And they would go to the barbecue and they would eat and then they would play Christian music. And he said not only did they love on one another, so unbelievable, he goes, it was fascinating to me, but they accepted us in and they loved on us. And they didn't cast us out. They didn't look at us any different. He said they were a family. And he literally was captivated by it. He goes, we didn't, ex- we didn't know what to expect, but we didn't think that they would bring us in because being Hollywood and so on and so forth. He, he said they didn't care where we came from. They just pulled us in and allowed us to be a part of it. And their Christian faith was unbelievable. Yeah. Dude, this is a lost man telling the world what he saw in Christians. That's what I saw at church when I went. I was a long-haired hippie freak, and they were real conservative, but they made me feel welcome. I knew they wanted me to come back. I hope you find what you're looking for, one guy said. And I did, I did, I did. And I fell in love with church. Church became my program, you know. Well, because here's the thing. When you get there, it is a family, and it's everything that, people really want if they're being honest uh they might go i don't want religion no but you want that relationship and that's what true christianity is Mm -hmm. and a real church uh that loves god is it it is not religion it's a relationship and god says listen i'm going to give everyone spiritual gifts so that this works together 
like the hand and the liver. What do those two have in common? None, but they need each other. Listen, the liver needs the hand to feed it, and the hand needs the liver to process that food so it can continue to do its job. They both need one another. Whether you can see it or you can't see it, does not under do not underestimate the value of each part. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're never going to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Because there's no division, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the whole idea of this. There's no division. Verse 8, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And then verse 11 summarizes all of it. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Mm-hmm. I'm, God says, listen, I'm going to give you everything necessary for you to bring me honor and glory and for this family to love one another as I would have them to love one another. You know, every year I grow a big garden and I, I love it. And I grow way more than we could ever eat. And even for the year, we, we can and freeze and dehydrate and all that above. But there's still just an abundance. And the, the neatest part of the garden is giving away. Giving it away. Giving it away. You know. And, yep. uh, well, you know, think about this. It's funny because we've, we've said this before. Uh, I will tell you that God has given me gifts and abilities. Uh, there's... I don't, I don't know there's anything I can't fix just to be, and I, I, I don't say that. I arrogantly. can verify that. Right. <laughs> and you haven't been able to fix my stupidity, John. <laughs> well, there's just some things you give to God and, and pray. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, you think about it, God has given me abilities with my hands to look and, at things and your brain and, and I can put it together and make it happen, but I don't have a green thumb, dude. And so all of a sudden he's given you this gift of growing food and feeding people. Yeah. God's given me a gift of fixing things and helping people. And that's a way, a form of feeding, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the reality is our gifts need one another yeah. to and complete they edify one another. one another. We absolutely need they it. Edify one another. They build us up and they bond us together. Yeah. Yep. And I, I and how many that. times, how many times, uh, have you called someone that has a gift that you don't have to say, I need help. And I've done the same and, and others you've done the same. That's what the church is. And that's what God does. God says, listen, I'm going to give each person an ability so that they can come together and use it and work it all for the glory of God. You know, people are like, Oh, janitors, they, you know, they on the, on the totem pole, like they're low on the totem pole. And I'm going, hold on a minute. Listen, I'm telling you how the janitor, you want to know how important he is? Sit down, go to the bathroom, do number two, 
reach over and get some toilet paper, and there'd be none. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden... You don't want that kind of a hotel, do you? <laughs> right? <laughs> janitors are critical. All of a sudden, the janitor... They get no glory, but right. boy, I tell you what, if they don't do their job, whoo, you're, right. it's a mess. Right. And that's my whole yeah. point, is uh, janitors may not be much until you need them. Pastors may not be much till you, you need them. The mechanic may not be much till you need them. The cook may not be much till you need them. I'm telling you, everybody is equally as important because the gift is absolutely essential to keep everything turning. You know, we have experienced this on a, a fabulous way just this summer. Um, we are, my wife and I, we're, we're givers. We open our home. We feed people. I'm a gardener. I give stuff away. I can't fix anything, but <laughs> I can feed you good stuff. You know, I can. And, and so we give, 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 and get great joy out of it. Yeah. But you know what happens? People give back to us. Absolutely. You know, people give back to us. I got I've never paid for firewood in 22 years. God has provided yeah. all my firewood. Yeah. Uh, to, and I heat my house and my hot water with firewood. Right. I go through 16 quart a year. I'm burning 30, uh, what is it, 250, $250? Like yeah, it's 3, like 250 to 300 a quart. A now. quart, you know. And so I'm, I'm burning about $3,500, $4,000 worth of wood a year, and I get it all for free. free. And this guy that brings it to me, uh, I give him jars of jam and things from my garden and some a dozen eggs and a tank of gas occasionally. Uh, yeah. He's a great guy. But um, he, I'm a valuable person to him because if he couldn't bring this wood to our house and dump it for free, right. I get it for free, but he dumps it for free. He'd have to take it to the dump and, uh, and pay to right. dump it. Right. And so it works for everyone, but because we have a relationship, I give to him, he gives to me. We have this great bond of friendship. He's not afraid to call upon me, uh, uh, in a time of, he just called me the other week. He has uh, some things he needed to dump some clean fill. And I got a spot and comes over and saved him a few bucks. And God just set us up to be a community. Yep. Well, and that, that's what happens when the gifts are, are, used to edify the church, right? Ephesians 4, 12 through 13 says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that's what you're talking about, coming together, using our gifts to build one another, to edify one another for the fullness of Christ. And I will, say, I will tell you this, we can only reach our full potential as believers when we allow God to mature us, right, through fellowship within his body with Christ as the head, Ephesians 4, 14, and 15, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceit plotting. Boy, if that doesn't spell COVID Mm -hmm. and all that's going on with that, right? Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. 16 goes on to say, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Listen to some of these words you just read from the word of God. It, it talks about uh, growing. It talks about um, bonding. It, Join it together. Fullness. Edifying. Join, edify. Love. And, yeah, and it, it, that doesn't happen in isolation. 
It doesn't. As a matter of fact, isolation brings forth death. Look in the penal system in America. You have prisons, and then what do you do to the prisoners that break bad? They put them where? Isolation. Yeah. Uh, Why? Because it it breaks them down. Yeah, it, it just drives people crazy i had covid back in uh january of this year and had to lock down in a little room 12 by 14 and i had a, i had my phone and i had a tv and it about drove me nuts mm-hmm. i'd go out every day and walk for two or three miles and it was cold but i just had to get out right i didn't care i wasn't sick with covid but i couldn't smell or taste but nonetheless i was isolated from people even my own wife and family and she'd put the food on the floor and knock and uh, <laughs> open the door and slide it in, slide it just like it's in jail, right? And I because you I were, saw, I was. It it messed me up yep. mentally. Yep. It really, really freaked me. Dude, I'm me telling out. you, this COVID has messed a lot of people up. And these churches, forgive me, but these churches that are shutting down, you're wrong. And I'm going to tell you, you're wrong because. And for those of you who are not going to church because of COVID, you're wrong because when. Hebrews 10:25 was written God knew what was going to happen in this day and he said and we know it's for this day because he said do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together and do it even more come together even more as you see the day approaching that's the end times that's all the pressure the stress and the and the crap that we see going on today guys you can't sacrifice that because that is destroying the people that is destroying yourself if you remove yourself from that you're going to die and church if you stop meeting you're going to die do you know how many churches have shut down in our area mm-hmm. it's been unbelievable how many churches have died mm-hmm. yeah they're done they're over the doors are shut the people are 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 dude they're like strays out in the wilderness i think we we look at how church was before covid and how church is under covid and of course that's changed a little bit as the standards the community standards and all all that all the crap that's come down but just think if you were in china under the communist oh uh, a Chinese communist. You know, I, I, we used to have this podcast, uh, this podcast, according to John was being downloaded on a regular basis in China. And then they came and put the restrictions on the internet and everything. We haven't been downloaded since, mm-hmm. you know what they did? They shut off the growing of Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, we're targeted. We're always Satan's enemy. Always. always. And I just think of the sacrifice, uh, our brothers, Chinese brothers and sisters under that regime, uh, how they set, uh, how they suffer. They, by assembling in hiding, you know, middle different times of the night, and, do, and when, when they assemble, they're literally risking their lives yep. and everything financially just to be found out, and uh, they're just tolerated. At, but at they under, they also understand if they're going to live, they need God. Yeah. And, and they make those sacrifices. Yeah. And the church of Jesus continues to progress, yeah. even under that kind of persecution. And then I see the wimpy type Americans. of Christianity, American, North American churches, and I say, Lord, help us. Makes you want to throw up. Yeah. You know, when COVID hit, we shut down for eight weeks. Uh, some of our elders were saying, you know, well, our seniors, you know, we got to be careful for our seniors. And Pastor Matt said, our seniors will be the first ones there. And he was so right. Yep. It's like heaven doesn't scare us. Well, because here's the thing. Our seniors 
understand the value yes they do of loving one another yeah, and needing one another they've done it their whole, you know a lot of them have been believers for many years they yep. love it they need it and it's like well if i die assembling i'd rather die assembling than to live isolated yeah yeah and so don't stay home because i'm going to live in victory of christ rather than fear of man yeah i, yeah. I can't i can't that, do it man i and I, you know how passionate i am right yeah, I I, and i get intense but <laughs> I, I refuse, I refuse to sacrifice my freedom in Christ for the prison of man. I, I refuse. And these people are like, well, Pastor John, you're, you're not considerate of others. Bull. Listen, you know why I put out the podcast? Because I want to educate and lift up others and strengthen them in Christ through the word of Christ so that you won't live in fear and that you will take a stand and understand what God has given you. And to say that I'm not compassionate toward others is absolute insanity because what you're asking me to do is give up the strength that I have in God. Well, I think, I think the fair person to ask that question to are the people that are assembling with you. They're happy. They they are take so, the risk. They are so appreciative of having a pastor who absolutely will not cave to the yeah. system. Yeah. My body, my choice. <laughs> they say, but no, no, we don't want to, we don't want you to have that opportunity to come together. Well, we've come to the point where we're just going to obey God rather than man. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, first Corinthians twelve twenty one. Paul compares the church to the human body and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. We need each other. Every member of the body of Christ is essential and valuable. Yeah. And I think people have forgotten their value and worth in Christ. You know, the Bible says that you're spiritual, uh, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible goes on and God says that you were uh, made in his image and that he has a future and a hope for you. First Peter 2, 5 and 6 says, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him, Jesus, will by no means be put to shame. You are essential and you are valuable. Never let another human being tell you who is the essential worker and who is not the essential worker. Never let another human being tell you anything contradictive to what God tells you. And I'm going to tell you that we need each other. I need you. You need me. Duke, we need each other. Absolutely. You know, when you came today, uh, truth is, and I even told you, I go, Duke, man, I'm, I'm struggling today. And then you come in the door, man, you bring me gifts uh, from your garden, and we love on one another. And, man, what's the first thing we do? We gave each other a hug, and we sat down and we talked. Because the, the reality is uh, my week has been over-the-top busy, and I, I only had like four hours sleep in two days. And it caught up with me. And man, for you to come in and for us to talk and be rejuvenated through the Spirit of Christ meant the world to me. And you said, once I get rolling, I'll be fine. Uh, right? <laughs> Is the headache gone away? The headache's gone. How about that? 
because you're focused and you know, word of God and the love of Christ. And it's not on silver my queen, sweet corn for dinner tonight, brother. You're going to have just that fine. sweet corn and give that just anybody. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's a God made great groceries. Think about that. And think about this. So, so I woke up this morning with a migraine. I get them periodically. Uh, I get, uh, headaches. My migraines are bad. Then I get nauseous. Uh, it's very difficult for me to function. Mm-hmm. And I came in because, well, this is what we do. And I really look forward to our, our time together. But then we got onto the word of God and we got on to uh, focusing on this stuff. And I'm telling you, man, God blesses that. And my migraine is gone. My nauseous is, uh, I'm no longer nauseous. Uh, God is good. Mm-hmm. And it just points out the value of living for Christ, putting him first, loving one another, and God delivers us, man. You know, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. You know, it isn't God's out there giving us rules and we have to obey them. It's like there's this flow of God's spirit coming upon us. I know he lives within us, but our obedience to him uh, brings us into this deeper relationship. And it happens uh, between God and I, and then it flows from us to others. And that's where that circle is not unbroken. And we're experiencing the living God, the, the power of the church of Jesus, because it's it's central to us. Yeah. It isn't something we try to do. Okay, we'll drag church into our life, you know, got to go to church. When people say got to go to church, they have no clue Here's, what the church is. And they don't, because I'm going to tell you, the church saved my life, saved my marriage, saved my family, and has saved multiple others that were just like me. Yes, amen. And guys, I'm going to tell you, it is only through an authentic relationship with other believers, can we live out faith that we profess and become all that God has destined us to be. But that only happen when we do not give up meeting together. Yeah. God's got a lot waiting for us in the assembly. And he wants to give it to us. Guys, let me encourage you. Get back in church. Get back with the other believers and do not assume what they're going to think. Who cares? Listen, if you're dying, this is your lifeline. Get back to it. Don't worry about what other people are going to think because I think that you will be very surprised, pleasantly surprised that they want you back just as bad as you want to be back. Hang in there, guys. Love one another. Do it as God has told us to do. And I promise we will glorify God, we will strengthen one another, and we'll have victory every day of our lives. Guys, I hope this has helped. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next week, God bless.